We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD, if you want to follow me on Twitter. And it's Monday, April 3rd, and you know what we do on Mondays. It's Mondays with McCool. We bring on James McCool, the co author with me on the theory of daily fantasy sports. Go pick up the 15 hour audio DFS masterclass or the advanced course with the Excel tools at theoryofdfs.com. And if you're not going to do that, at least hit the thumbs up button. Hit that like button. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. Good morning to the to the early birds. Wataz, Suki Singh, Barpy, Doug Montgomery. Real life pitcher. He's a real life pitcher, James. We've had, uh, what, three, four, four days? Four days of MLB DFS. Are you sick of it already? <laughs> No, no. I mean, I, I love baseball DFS. So I, I don't get tired of it until like probably at least July. Like at least. And usually I make it until about August before I'm like, all right, let's get this over with. But how, how's how's the, the first the first four four days of MLB treating you? Uh well, I have lost all of my money for the first four days, which you know, it is what it is. I don't really care about that for baseball. Um, but it has been, it's been about as expected. Uh, all the people who, or I, I mean, all of the changes for, uh, from the off season for stolen bases and the, and the, the shift and everything like that have had significant effects, like big, 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 significant effects. So it's worthwhile saying that um, models need to adjust quickly to those uh i'm gonna introduce some changes faster than i usually do over at paydirt because of all the changes but yeah we uh we have seen things mostly as expected as far as like my play i've mostly just like i think that the bats have been annoying as they usually are but one other instance that's been annoying is that pitchers have uh, been even worse than usual earlier on in the year. So offense is up for early on in the season. Usually you don't count on offense until middle of May or so, but offenses are just on full blast right now. So pitchers have been a little bit more inconsistent than I'm used to in the first week, but it is what it is. Not if you took the chalk pitchers. I mean, the past four days, I mean, I played Garrett Cole, Jeffrey Mm -hmm. Springs yesterday. I mean, 
I mean, for the most part, like I'm I'm doing my thing. I'm playing five lineups. Yep. So I'm playing two, three X to five X style lineups, and then one one twenty one entry lineup, and then mm-hmm. two semi large field lineups. And uh, I'm up. Uh, both uh, one. I think I cashed in the one twenty one. I almost. I mean, I came in top twenty in the one twenty one twice in the past four days. Uh, if uh, if the Royals would have done anything, the I think the first day of the season. So I had the Orioles five man stack the first day when the Orioles obviously were the winning stack. And with the chalk combination of Cole and McClanahan, it's just that I, my, 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 my three Royals, Bobby Witt and Framel Reyes struck out three times, right? Mm-hmm. Framel Reyes at 2% ownership or one, one point something percent ownership. Like there's a home run. Of course, I'm not picking these players, James. I'm just like, I went through lineups and, like, how do I not play the Braves or the Twins? Oh, okay, this is how I do it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's essentially kind of what I'm doing. And in the, these 3X and 5X stuff, I already in four days, I've already confirmed that, you know, my my hypothesis is is true. That basically I could I could I could essentially predict lineups from certain players. And yeah, I mean, we have like we have we had one slate where, like. Six out of the ten players in most people's lineups were eighty percent owned. Right, like that's all. I, that's all I. That's all I was looking for. And I'm I'm legitimately playing. I'm playing lineups that are even lower projected than I did last time last year. Doing this, doing it profitably, only because uh, of uh, I suspected, and I think Nerdy Tenor ran a, like a. I, is it? Is it? Uh, is it a uh, you know definitive example? But he ran like a, a sim based on like these triple ups and five x contests, and like the the lineups that like showed like plus EV were even lower projected than what I was even doing. Right, I was trying to like, can I give up four points in projection and have like a six v six difference if I can? And like some of his showed that like you could give up like eight points in projection. Yeah, because you're getting paid three x to five x, so it's like it's not. This was a double up. If it was a 50-50, you wouldn't be doing that. So I've I've essentially tried to build lineups that like other than probably pitcher, like basically don't contain anyone that like anyone at all. And if I do, like at most it's two. So out of the batters, out of the eight batters, like I'll only play two batters that are possible to be in most other people's lineups. And that's why and I play two lineups. And those two people that would be chalky are never going to be the same two people. Mm-hmm. And I've been able to find lineups that are actually a 6v6 off of each other that is also a 6v6 off of the more mm-hmm. duplicated lineups. So, like, I can give up four or five points in projection and find two lineups that don't correlate with those and also don't correlate with each other, except probably at pitcher. Maybe sometimes there's a one on, you know, 1v1 at pitcher. And it, it leaves me in a situation where, like, I, how many people did, like, if the chalk fails to any degree, like, it's it's hard for me to not win one of them. I think the only day that I lost on in that was when Matt Olson hit two home runs. Oh, yeah. Yep. Matt Olson yeah. was, was, uh, was chalk. And, uh, yeah. I mean, rightfully so. But, I mean, he also was, he also was, like, 78% owned in my triple ups. And it's hard to overcome 32 points at first base. I came close to it, but not it right over the lines. But I, I'm I lost a little money because I did well in, in GPP. That's because I had because I had a I had a part I had an Olsen Braves something or other going in one of my lineups. Uh, but but I mean at least the hypothesis is true that in these in these kind of semi cash con these sort of pseudo cash contests people tend to just play their their head-to-head double-up lineup in, and I just, I just, I just take all their games. I just go down to the three-man, five-man lobby and just go, in and input, 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 all the triple ups, all the everything like that. And it's like I'm fine, I'm fine with doing that. Yeah, and well, I mean, we we talked a whole lot about that last year. Uh, that was an experiment that was just obviously profitable to you last year. Um, and the one twenty-one also. Did you see the tweet that I posted that? The day where the Braves were, were yeah, were super, 50%. Like Austin home. Riley in the 121 is like 
56 percent owned yeah just in right like uh, the lowest of the top five braves were 40 percent owned it's like like dude if you if if you didn't play like any of the braves at all it's like that's like 40 percent of lineups in the entire contest and it was 11 game slate and like like what are you doing like that's that's the edge comes in because you look in the large field and that the ownership is still they're still the chalkiest stack but nowhere near i mean to be 40 plus percent owned as a stack is on an 11 game slate is with with only a 4.8 team total like yeah like they had a seven team total everyone else had a four so it's like you can take advantage of that in the the 121 of course i i talked about that on friday and of course nerdy tenor pointed out that he that his 121 lineup that his uh supercomputer spit out was basically two contrarian pitchers and literally the eight most chalkiest batters. Yeah. Well, and that was actually what I tried to do day one was I went with a pitching combo of um, Max Scherzer and Aaron Nola instead of Garrett Cole and Shane McClanahan, which were basically, it was basically the same price. It was basically mm-hmm. just a price swap. And then I played uh, four man Braves and then I played, I don't know, St. Louis, I think. I think it was St. Louis with them. Um, so I, I, I think that you're right to say one that, uh, the chalk pitchers have mostly been good, but, uh, I don't think that that removes the fact that offenses have been very potent early on in the year. Like if you have tried to pivot or try to get some of these lower owned, cheaper upside pitchers, like, uh, who, who was, I, I mean, Aaron Nola is a good example, right? Like Aaron Nola has a lot of upside. He's up against the Rangers. He ends up giving up like five runs or something like that. If you got off of Garrett Cole, Shane McClanahan or Jeffrey Springs, um, you pretty much got shot. I was happy to have Jeffrey Springs yesterday, but yesterday was interesting. Um, Jeffrey Springs, 75% owned in the two fifty. Um, he was by far the best projected pick. He, no, he was, he was absolutely. Uh, and and I said that somebody had brought up like was was he over owned was I right to be under owned on him and depends I, on your I lineup. That, I mean, it really depends on the lineup that you built. Right. No. 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 And and I said that and I agree with that. But it was it was interesting that because Springs it, he it's not like he's an ace. Um, he was probably I want to say like six hundred dollars underpriced. Maybe he's no, probably more, way more than that. What are you? No, 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 no. I mean, like based on his based on his baseline stats over last year, like he was he's probably a mid eight k pitcher on a full slate. I mean, he's not a ten k pitcher on a full slate. The day before that, Justin Steele, who was sixty six hundred, he was two thousand dollars underpriced. Right, he was another one that I played in every lineup. He, also. Yeah, he should have been seventy five percent on. But Springs, I think that Springs was. He was underpriced, but he was much closer to appropriately priced than Steele was the day before. And I was actually surprised to see 75% owned, even with kind of relatively bad options on the on the plate. I'm not saying that I would have faded him. I absolutely thought that he was the best player on the slate and I was going to play him. But uh, I think that it just speaks to, you know, the Braves on opening day being 50% owned as a stack, 40% owned as a stack. Uh, Springs being 75% owned in the 250, 60% owned in the 15. Ownership is going to be really, really, really condensed this year. Everybody has tools that show you who you should be playing. Well, I'm not everybody, but you know what I mean? Like more of the field than years past has these tools that tell them who the best plays are on the slate. And I think that we're going to see some pretty condensed ownership, even on these huge slates. And that's going to be, wildly profitable in baseball this year if you're reticent of that right but i still i i I lean back always on the macro of pitcher outcomes are more normally distributed and batter outcomes are more bimodally distributed so given the choice of do i play the over own over own not chalky or unchalky it's like over owned under owned do i play the over owned stack or the over owned Pitcher, I'm I'm gonna decide with the overall pitcher every single time. Like given a choice between the two, I'm never gonna play the two together. I'm rarely, rarely ever gonna play the two together, right? The the overall pitcher combination and the overall stack right. combination. I call it the rule of three. I, I I you can have the the top pitchers and one of the top stacks, but then get different on one of the others, or 
the top pitcher and then get different with SP2 and then have the top sacks, whatever. I, I just call it the rule three in small field. But where did, I mean, we go back to the, to where does the money come from? And the money comes from, I have to repeat it over and over again in GPPs. The money comes from lineups that are either too high owned or too low projected. And in baseball, correlation, you have to think in terms that it adds to your projection. Right. So it's not like NBA. It's not like, it's not like even, even football. Football, it does also, but not to the extent of baseball. That as you add a batter to your lineup from the same team, you have to treat it as if you're getting a projection boost. Picture you're getting a 10, 15% projection boost every single time you add mm-hmm. a guy. So it's quite possible that a lineup with five players from a stack, like gain an extra six, seven, eight points in quote projection right. over a lineup that doesn't have as much correlation in it. And I want to point out this this tweet uh, from opening day. And I, obviously I could, I could, I mean, I don't have the tools to like check the percentage of lineups, although I could probably figure that out in Excel. But uh, sport, our, our, our buddy sports underscore projections guy, right? He put, he did, he went into the, I think the large field GPP. He had the main DraftKings MLB GPP. And basically... The blue is max enterers. So like people that play 150 lineups and the gray is the field, right? Just everyone else. And it just shows all the stacks and everything like that. But who cares about the teams? The main one to look at is this none. Okay. So none, as far as out of the hundred, all the lineups at 150 uh, maxers put in, only about 8% didn't contain a stack of at least four players. Because he clarified it on Twitter that this means four plus from the same team in the lineup. The field was at near like 38%, 37%. of all of entries, right, in the, in the contest. 37% of non-max enterers right? Played a lineup that didn't include at least four guys from the same team. This, I mean, like when, when people ask like, oh, everyone stacks, right? Should we not stack as a way to get leverage? It's like, dude, the field does not stack enough. It, it's 2023. I heard people in 2018 saying, should we do some twosie twosie stuff? Cause everyone's stacking. Everyone is not stacking. Right? Can that can that be the t- maybe the t- the title, the title of the episode? Right? Because we never we never know what these titles of these Monday shows are. Everyone is not stacking. Right? I mean, most people. I mean, many people are. But you have to consider these lineups, especially if they're not contained. Some of the higher projected players that compared to your five X lineups. Could be 35 points lower projected due to the lack of correlation and the lack of playing. They're playing the 2% on pitcher and the 5% on pitcher that combined project six, seven points less than your two pitchers. And they're playing two or three hitters that project on before correlation, six or seven points combined before that. And then you have to add, they're playing a team the stack that's like eighth on the list as far as implied run total. So now you have to jack, you have to take off another six or seven points in projection. So now before you even factor in correlation, their lineup could be 24 points, 25 points lower projected. And then you add the correlation, the lack of correlation. And it's almost like they're playing lineups that are 35 plus points lower project. That's like, that's like playing with three less slots in your lineup. Mm-hmm. Right. That's that this is 30, 35, 38%. Now this number is going to go down by August. This number will be more probably closer to 20. Right. But right in the beginning, it's like, like, dude, it's DraftKings. Just play, just play, just play five man stacks. Like just as, as a heuristic, you can't, I mean, the amount of lineups that are, that are five man stacks, because the, the I want to highlight Okay, I repeat over and over again in MLB DFS, 
that if you're listening to, if you could hear my voice, right? And you think you have a very, you have a very streamlined method of building your lineups for GPPs, that your method is 10 times more complicated than it should be. <laughs> and you're going to think, well, I do my lineups in about three minutes. I go, yes. And you should be doing them in about three seconds. Like that's literally how too much thought you put into it. The reason why you could be profitable in MLB DFS GPPs is this gray line. As long as you don't build lineups that are on this gray line, your lineup most likely will be positive expected value. Now, now is it the highest expected? No, I'm okay. Now we're getting into which would be better than others. But can you be? Can you have build a profitable lineup in a large field GPP on DraftKings by simply closing your eyes? And picking five guys from one team, three guys from the other team, and two high projected pitchers. Yes. Can you do that? Can you do that in lineup HQ in about a half a second? Just put in whatever. I mean, you could put in a hundred lineups, make five, go five, three, put in a hundred, a hundred lineups, and then pick one of them. Mm-hmm. Like you're fine. Like, well, which one should I pick? Well, randomly pick anyone you want. Now, if you want to spend the time to like, well, one may be slightly better than the other, sure, but all, realize that's what you're doing, that you're you're not you're not doing that much, right? As long as you're stacking and you're playing a decently high enough projected lineup, which is within one swing of the bat. One swing of the bat is 14 points, okay? So so put in put in the best five three lineup possible. Like if I go right, if I go right, if I go right in here. Right, if I go right in here, I go to stacks, right? I go 5-3, right? 5-3, oh. I always press the hot key that gets rid of my, it starts my screensaver. Okay, so let's put it back. So yeah, okay. So I got I got 100%, 5-3. 100%, 5 I'm just using the bat projections, the current bat, whatever, whatever it is. Here's, here's 10 lineups, right? Right, I just give me one, whatever, whatever it is. Right, I'll put in ten percent of the first, the top stat, whatever, whatever it is. Five three. Just give me ten lineups, and maybe twenty. Make sure a quarter of this, whatever. Right, I'm gonna build ten lineups at five three. So it's gonna be one lineup of like of of ten different teams, and at most like four four lineups or three lineups of some other three man stat. Okay, so here we go. Hunter Brown, Nestor Cortez. Here's this Astros Rays lineup. Okay, if we take a look at like the optimal, right, which doesn't involve stacks. Okay, one hundred six point eight one, according to the current bat projections. Okay, what's one swing of the bat from one hundred six point eight one? Ninety two. Like, uh, yeah, with, with one home run, yeah. Right. So this is a lineup that's 102, 101, 101, 101, 100, 98, 98, 97, 95, 91. Okay. Maybe you go, okay, 91 is a little too low. Okay. Okay. You can do that. Like any of these lines, just go. Just go to random.org, <laughs> random.org, and go right. Okay. It uses cookies. Yes. We're allowing all the cookies. One to nine, right? Because we got nine lineups there, right? Right, nine lineups. Right, we got nine lineups. Okay, generate. Lineup five. That's the lineup that you then you go one, two, what's the fifth lineup? There we go. Dodgers Pirates with Michael Grove and Hunter Brown. 100.41 at 130% ownership total. Done. Like you get like that little like this. This is gonna be a profitable lineup. Long. This is gonna be a plus EV lineup. Now how many lineups do you think if I put in 300 that I'm going to find? Well, I'm going to find 300. How many, how many, I could find 3,000. I could, let's go to random.org and go random number generator between one and 3,000, right? You throw it into Excel and you go, okay, I'm going to choose the uh, 2,240th lineup. That's probably fine. Right? If, if this, if what I'm showing you builds profitable lineups, like what, what are you spending your time on? Other than diversification, other than you're playing multiple lineups and it's like, well, because of bankroll management, I want to build, since all these lineups are about equal, 
let me at least build on different outcomes. So I'm not like all in on one team 20 times. You can be all in on one team 20 times. It's still the same EV. It's just that your bankroll will go up. And when you win, you'll win with all 20 lineups at once, right? And win like all the prize pool. And then there are days where you win none of the prize pool, right? It's just all it is 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 just more extreme when it comes to variance. The only reason you could do this is because of this gray line. Of this gray line. That's the reason. If this gray line didn't exist, you know what what the show would be all about? It would be about convincing you not to play DFS, <laughs> right? Because it would be on the game would be like a fifteen percent rake. Be like, how do we beat other people? That are also building lineups like, like that, that in a proper way. Can I can I get them slightly better than you? You never my my best lineup and your best lineup or whatever your your worst lineup doing it this way, and the best players lineup in large field GPP are not going to be significant enough to beat a fifteen percent rate. Right. So once once you get rid of all the bad lineups, like the game becomes unbeatable long run it becomes a lottery a, ne- a slight negative expectation lottery but this is the reason so once you understand that this is where the money comes from this gray line here what are you overthinking so much right you can play an overown stack just don't play with an overown pitcher right don't play like these are the low projected lineups right just don't build the high don't build the cash lineups right don't 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 jam the two, the two highest owned stacks together with the two highest owned pitchers, right? That is because of this gray line, you have a lot of min cash equity with that lineup. That, that lineup actually may come close to being plus EV just from a min cash perspective. But you're seeing a lot of first place equity there, right? That you'd be better off with a higher variance lineup, right? That would be higher EV. You're more likely to get EV from a lineup that's not that. But... So many of these, so many of these uncorrelated garbage lineups that are just seeding, they're just bleeding projection all over the place because of this built. I mean, James, it, how, how many other ways can I put it? Where, like, like you could build like seven thousand lineups for, for today's slate, and they, they oh, they're fine. Uh yeah, I'll I'll add a couple things to that. One, not only is that gray line of non-stacks kind of like a spot where you're gaining your money, but look how many people are under-stacking as well, all the other teams, right? Where you can look at three-man stacks and four-man stacks and five-man stacks, and people are not five-man stacking them. Like, you can break it down even farther than that, right? So let's add another, like, five or six. Right, because even look at this. I mean, really look at this. The most owned in the field was a non-stack lineup. And the second most owned, over-owned compared to 150 matches was the Braves. Right. So not only did the field build lineups that just were uncorrelated or three man or less or anything in their lineups, but when they did stack, they stacked the over-owned team. Right. right. So, I mean, you're looking at like 50% of lineups in a contest right there with, with some sort of issue. Right. Right. And then you can add on to players being under projected, you know, people stacking up teams that really, they just should not be stacking up. You can add on another, I don't know, five to 10% of people making really bad decisions with their pitchers. You can add on another couple percentage points of people making decisions of like stacking against their pitcher or something like that. And then all of a sudden you're looking at like 55 to 60% of the total lineups in this contest are just like almost we, we have talked about it. If you enter a cash game lineup in, in a large field GPP, like you're part of that group now because you have great min cash equity, but your first place equity is like pretty bad. Right. So a lot of like these people are, are making such bad decisions every single time that you have a lot of win equity and you have a lot of profitability by simply going five, three stacking good teams and doing good pitchers. And, the, and like, that's really like, you don't have to try that hard. You really don't have to try that hard. 
The other point that I'll make, and it goes back to the idea of when you are stacking up your teams, um, you said that that most of it comes from like where you make your money is high projection. It, it, it has to do with projection and ownership, right? Right. High. So, what if I had to choose between the like, for instance, if I did build like, like let's say, I mean, here's ten. I mean, we built the nine lineups. If I if I were to say like, I think in large field, all nine of these lineups would be plus EV. Yeah. But if I'm like, well, I'm only playing three. How do I get down from these nine to what are the best three of the nine? I would, you could, I would eliminate and go my, just like with the portfolio trimmer, right? That we have as part of theory DFS. I could do it manually with nine lineups, right? 140 ownership. This is 112. Okay, that's fine. This is 128, which means it's higher ownership than the lineup's projection above it. So I get rid of it, yep. right? This 130, 138. Yeah, these are too high owned compared to this 112 lineup. Based on the current numbers, obviously. 113, 117, 90. There you go. Right, there you go. And here's and here's the three lineups. There you go. Right? So the other point that I was going to make <laughs> is when you're stacking, not only are you adding projection, you're also lowering ownership. Like, like not only are you adding an extra 5 or 10% of projection based on every hitter that you have in your stack, you're probably lowering lowering the ownership five to ten percent for every hitter that you add into your stack, past like three. So you, you could you could feasibly drop the the aggregate ownership of your lineup, right? Because um, not all Alex Gregory lineups contain other Astros. Some people right. are like like one or two percent of this ten percent is Bregman as a one off, right? right? Two two or three percent of this Alvarez is as a one off. Right. right. Tucker's 12%, two or three is as a one ups in some other lineup. But so all of them together is not really 10 plus nine plus six plus 12 plus 12. It's actually like more like eight plus seven plus. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Five plus nine plus eight, you know, right. like because yeah. less line now, more lineups are playing them together because obviously, you know, 60% of the field is stacking, right? Right, right. But 40, 40% aren't like these are going to be one offs or onesie twos. Maybe some lineups have Bregman, Pena, Alvarez, but they yeah. don't have Chaz McCormick in, right? Like, no, no, you it, it's the same thing there, right? You get it, yeah. you get an ownership benefit from stacking as well. Yep. So, I mean, all of this, like, we're given so many different reasons why you should just stack a lot every single time. Daniel um, Hutchins, uh, Nerdy Tanner in chat. Uh, he, he showed this on, uh, I think, in the Bat Chat, uh, on, on the, in the RG Discord. If you're a Bat member, uh, you get access to that. And he, and he says in the chat, and I saw it, he said he simmed out the first uh, DK $15 GPP, the large field. And he estimated that 40% of the field was losing double the rake or more on average. 
double the right. rate. That sounds right. On average. You know how ridiculous that is? It's it, it's it it is ridiculous and at the same time I absolutely believe it. Right. I absolutely believe it. I, I, especially considering the condensed ownership that we've seen. And I, I really don't think that condensed ownership is going away this year. I think we're gonna see ownership in ridiculous amounts all year. Which is great for the 121. I, I love it. Yeah, I love it for the 250. Please give me that. Like, I, I, I'm all about it. I'm going to have to tweak my globals so that I can catch it. Like the same, like that that staircase ownership that I talked about for NBA. I'm going to have to tweak it for MLB this year too. Um, because I just do, I just do it by, I do it by eyesight. Yeah. I, you I know mean, me. I just, I just, I could look, I run lineups and I go, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the Braves are going to be way, way. Yeah. The Twins are going to be way. Like, dude, this ain't in my 121. This ain't gonna be like the large field ownership was like 12, and it's like I think in large field this is gonna be 20, and in the 121 it's gonna be 34, right? Like, like I'm I I just look at that and I just go, I can yeah. feel the way that you like, dude. I'm trying to build 300 lineups and I can't not get a brave or a twin in my lineup. So right. it's like I know this ownership is gonna be way higher. Yeah, and that's that's something that I I still have to do. Like I the the globals. For NBA, I feel pretty good about just having a global variable in there and being as direct, directionally accurate as possible. Um, for MLB, I do have to look at it because stack ownership matters so much. And like one of the tabs that I have is a scoring percentages tab where LevX is actually built up on the team level rather than the player level. So I think team level matters so much more in baseball. Um, and and I have to have ownership look about right for that kind of stuff. But uh yeah, the ownership, I think, is going to be very condensed. And I think it's going to be a really profitable year for for players like you and me who have a, a really okay understanding of risk. And, like, we're bring it on, you know? I'm fine with with fading the 40% owned Braves so I can get the 5% owned Yankees, you know? I, I have no problem with that. Uh, Red Dad Fanny Pack, that's the name, says, new to MLB DFS, does batting order matter when stacking? I don't want to say the answer is no. I want to say yes and no. No, 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 no. The the, an- the answer, nothing, everything matters. The question is, does it matter for what you're doing? If you were to not pay attention to it at all, it wouldn't affect you at all. So I'd say heuristically, remember what I, I'm going to repeat. I'm going to repeat this. I'm going to probably repeat this every single day on this show. Yeah. If we talk about MLB DFS. If you're thinking about it, it's probably you're thinking too, like, Literally, stop thinking so hard about MLB DFS. Stop. Does that matter? It matters about take a take a grain of sand and put it in your fingers. In comparison to not building a bad lineup that has no stack and low projection and and garbage in it, like just don't build those lineups. Like that's I, the key to MLB DFS. Don't build those lines. Like. Well, once I don't build those lineups, what out of the, the rest of the lineups? Dude, anything you want to do. Like just whatever you want. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a little bit more of a technical answer here than uh do whatever you want. But um it okay, so the reason I say yes and no to that question is mostly because when you think about stack order, there is in the same way that stacking adds a certain percentage of points onto your lineup's projection as does stacking order. Uh, there is a notable gain when you are stay, sticking within two hitters of each other in, a, in an order. Like we've seen that proven out. That is that is a mathematical fact. However, you should try to have that, but if you can't have it, it is not the end of the world. Like when you build out I your lineup. I think, you're, 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 I, I, that, I, I think that's not a good explanation. I, I, I think that that- It's wrong because you're, you're wrong. Am I wrong? Yes. Okay, let's hear it. The correlation coefficient between two batters of the same lineup is yeah. X. The closer they are in batting order, the higher the correlation coefficient gets by yes. a small, a very small percentage. Yes. So one, two, batters one and batters two are more correlated with each other. Yeah. So let's say, for instance, I'm making up numbers just to show you. Let's say the correlation between any batter on the same one to nine would we'll go to, we'll go to, we'll go to whatever the Mets. Sure. Any one to nine, the average correlation coefficient is 
0.68. Okay. Which is high. That, that's a very high. These are very high correlations. The Francis, Francisco Lindor to Pete Alonso yeah. would be 0.7. Okay. Right? The di- Marte to Luis Guillorme would be 0.66. Okay. Right? So, like, technically, yes, you're right. Lindor and Alonso Thank are you. slightly that's, that's more all, correlated. That's all I wanted to hear was that I was but, but, right on but it's, saying that. It's a much different if you said the correlation was the, all the batters are correlated by 0.05. But the two closest was like 0.1 and 0.05. It's like, well, that's double the correlation, sure. right? That's double the strength. But when the when when 0.6 and 0.7 correlations exist, like the difference between like Lindor and Alonzo and Lindor and McNeil, like like yes, it's slight like slightly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But all of your money comes from the bad lineups. It's like like what that. So- I'm only going to play one, two, three, four, but not have a gap to seven or like. Like, dude, what do you? I know, you, I know you're on you your doing? thing right now, and I totally feel you. All I needed to hear was that I was right that the correlation coefficient is larger on players. Yeah, of course, I said, I said and that. And then, and then, I'll finish the statement that I was going with onto the no side, as to it likely does not matter enough for you to worry about it. And the mm-hmm. fact of the matter is, you should try to get five batters from one team and make it work. Mr. Jordan, who wanted to cut me off before saying that not only I was wrong and then saying that I was right, I was agreeing with you. For the most part, it doesn't matter all that much. Like, should you try to get one through five? No, no, but that's where you have to stop. Stop with the should you try. But you're likely not going to have that anyway, and it's going to be fine if you don't. If you were to look at two lineups, right? Yeah. Of the same teams in the same stacks. Yeah. And they were at the same projection and the same ownership. Yeah. And one was had one gap in the stack and one didn't. Uh-huh. At that point, you'd be like, well, this one is slightly better than the other one. Okay. So what if the one that has no no gap, uh, say that you, you are not giving up anything by having one through five, right. right? You can fit it. The projection is fine. Like this... Or the the salary is fine. Say that one costs forty nine nine, and you have another one that is one two three seven nine, and that one costs forty nine seven two hundred dollars less and projects for one point less. Well, then you have to judge it. I'm I'm talking about. No, don't say you have to. You you go with the higher projected one. Well, not necessarily higher projected one. You go well, in that in that specific case, sure. Come on, <laughs> just just give me this one. You know, you know, I'm right to say it. Just give it to me. In te- in technicality, oh yes. God. Okay, all right. So I don't know what to, we're talking to answer, about. To answer that, it's it, it depends on the context, and it's a yes and no. But you probably don't have to worry about it. You're never going to get in that spot. That's not true. You're never no. True. You're never going to get. You're and, never going to get in a spot where two lineups are going to be exactly equal. And all the other seven hundred variables, except for one no, in course, one gap between. Of two course, things. you're not ever going to be in that exact right. spot. You made up numbers before this. I'm allowed to make up numbers too. Right. Yeah. But you never. But that's it's unreal. You're never going to get in that spot. That's why I said in the spot where everything is equal, except for the gap in in the stack. Yeah. One will be slightly more than the other. Slightly more that that the the, the amount of slightness is that. Mm-hmm. The amount of money that you could make in the three seconds that you you thought about it, yeah. like by looking for change in your couch, yeah. would be more worthwhile to do. Okay, so now let's live in reality where people do actually look at these things rather than living in whatever your you world is living in. And people are going to make these decisions and are going to look at these things. It's okay to go with the one that is the is one through five rather than not correlated. It's fine. Either one is fine. Either one is fine. Yeah. Either one is fine. I, but That's, I think I think spending the time on it is worthless. Right. But but the time of three seconds is no, – nobody is that big of a nit. No, but I, it's not – once you put variance on it, it's not going to matter anymore. Right. I, I, I agree with you. I totally right. when, agree. Once you do that, it's like, okay, that that th- that what the time that you spent, mm-hmm. you'll see, you'll actually have a visible result difference once you hit your nine, 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 94,000th lifetime. Yeah. You'll be like, oh, I, now I realize I have an extra quarter in my pocket. Yeah. So to answer your question in in two different ways, it either doesn't matter or it technically doesn't it, matter. It te- 
I never want to say it doesn't matter because it technically it do, mathematically does matter, but it doesn't mm-hmm. matter any it doesn't matter within seven hundred light years of how you probably think it matters. We, we Not are you personally. Here. I'm talking about the audience. Like everything, 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 everything you can consider mm-hmm. like that is already factored in the projections, right? Yep. So all you have to do is build a lineup. That's not bad. Sure. Welcome to MLB DFS. I, That's I it. absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. Uh, anything else? Uh, no, I, I think that most most of what we talked about, like just, I, I suppose that we should probably uh, talk a little bit like you. So you played. Are you focusing more on steals now that we've seen how many there are? I don't, I don't, what are steals, James? They're part of, they're part of the projection. They're part of projections. So I'm sorry, that, I... it, was a, it was a dumb question to ask that, I guess. <laughs> right? You may be, you're doing modeling. So yeah, yeah, I understand why you have to look at the data, but me, I'm just getting output from, I'm, dude, it's like me using your projections. Like, no, that's your job. That's not my yeah, job. Yeah, it, it is, but, it is my job. So right? I, my job. I will say that uh, I, I don't think that I am thinking through that kind of stuff more, but uh, it's but you can obviously tell that the stolen base attempts have gone significantly up. Yeah, well, and and stolen stolen base props have been printing money for three days straight. If they're offered, you have to be able to right. Find some books them. aren't even offering them. Yeah, you have to be able to find them. I mean, books are terrified right now. You don't get props on a game until like sixteen minutes before the game, and then they get juiced into the freaking stratosphere. Daniel, Daniel asks, I'm curious what, if anything, the increased steal rate will do to correlations. It could only improve it. Well, okay, so both both things, and, and I'm sure that you'll have this in your models, um, but both of the increased BABIP, because BABIP is sitting at 301 right now, which is insane in comparison. Which means more to people are getting on base, right. So more people are getting on base. And stolen base attempts are insane right now. We've had 70 stolen bases. In the last three days, uh, and that's compared to 29 through the last time to the time frame of this last year, so over double the amount of stolen base attempts. So more people are getting on base, more people are stealing bases. I, I I think that from a modeling standpoint, you have to seriously increase the amount of stolen base equity that you have in in stacks. Um, it it's it almost comes into a point where. Like you're from a modeling standpoint, you probably have to start considering that steals matter closer to home runs than they ever have before. Like it, you're, it, it's not going to matter for people like Jordan. Like the the projections are already accounting. Well, they're going to matter. It's just that it's going to reflect in the numbers that it's I'm already. In, yeah, it's already in the projection for you. But for right. people like me and Nerdy Tenor and and for Cardi and, and everybody like that, like well, not even for Nerdy Tenor. Nerdy, he's using other people's projections also. Right, right. But so like, I, I, I don't think that you care, like when you're looking at your stacks, I, I don't think that you're caring as much about like, oh, well, I'm going to include this guy because he has stolen base equity, unless you're hand building. Um, but I think that you can do that now. Like, I, I think that you can look at a team like Baltimore has been running insane. They, they had 10 stolen bases over the first two days. Um, we see teams like New York Mets who have a lot of stolen base equity. We have uh, Cleveland who have a lot of guys who can steal bases at the top of their order. Um, teams like that, I do think that you're going to be able to build, at least in secondary stacks, teams that are looking to steal bases and teams that are smart about taking advantage of that, of the new rules. Um, from a modeling standpoint, it's going to be hard to balance it because I, I, I do think that t- – Pitchers will be smarter moving forward, but I don't know how much smarter they can be because as soon as you've gotten two of those pickoffs, Jordan, you and I talked about this before the season started. Those guys get to two pickoffs. Ronald Acuna was laughing at Patrick Corbin, <laughs> laughing at him because he had that second pickoff attempt. And it's like, he can't, I'm gone. Do, I'm gone. He <laughs> can't do anything anymore. Like it's, it's, it's just stolen bases the rest of the game. So Teams teams should be trying to bait that early, and I'll be interested to see if there are teams smart enough to do that. Defec asks, "Is there enough historical data yet to factor in steals?" So well, I think early- the main I think the main thing the point the first main point is that uh, as a it's like what you mentioned with the BABIP, like let's say the BABIP 
was at 200 instead of 300. Yeah. Obviously, the small in base attempts and would be down because there'd be less less runners have gotten to first base. Less opportunity. Right, less opportunity. So yeah, you always have to factor that in more than than anything from a short term sample size. But I think would would you agree that even with a four day sample size and Friday was barely any games also uh, to have the difference of over double the attempts is enough to say that there that you that there is. There is a fact. I mean, that there is a factor. It's not like we went from, it's like, oh, steals, steal attempts are up 20%. It's like, no, steal attempts are up 150%. Like that, that, that has to mean, it's not just a four day aberration. Right. That it, I, it, eventually it'll get back by the end of the season. We'll see that. Oh, it has no, it has zero, zero effect. Right. Like the likelihood of that being the case is much lower, even though we only have a four-game sample size. I, at the beginning of the season, only gave a 25% increase to stolen bases. All right? I was conservative. I didn't want to overshoot it. Now, I'm like, do I have to Do I have to give these guys like a 50% increase on their 2022 numbers? 60% increase? Like, it's, it's insane. If I give a 60% increase... Just, just looking at Cedric Mullins, because I because I have the data up, right? If I give a 50% increase to Cedric Mullins, we're looking at a stolen base total of 51. I, like, it's it's crazy that we, I'm... Even... We, may, we may see the first ever... Acuna may be the first ever 50-50. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's wild. I, these, these numbers are absolutely insane. Um. I do think that it's worth saying that like we're, we're, ex- we're experiencing some of the edge cases right now. We're experiencing some of the extremes because there are teams that are just like, yeah, we're just going to absolutely just run wild with this. Um, and, and teams will, will normalize out and regulate out and teams will stop taking advantage of it or, or put in some things that make it harder to take advantage of it. So, no, I don't think that we're going to continue to have a 150% increase on last year, but I wouldn't be surprised if we level out somewhere to 50 to 60%. Right. It's going to matter. It's definitely going to matter. Yeah. And, and, and Hutchins, to, to your point here, some, what teams are going to figure out the stolen base strategy? I think Baltimore has completely, like, Baltimore and Atlanta are just going to wreck teams with this. Jorge Mateo is basically stealing every time he gets on base. Like Why not? Every single time. Which means it, even with him batting ninth, even like like Anthony Volpe. Yeah. Like we have some of these guys now that project. Like I see with the bat projections, because Cardi's factoring this in also, that some of these guys, it's like, why does the eighth and not why did the eighth or ninth hitter project so uh, probably a good point and a half or two points higher than I'm yeah, used to seeing? Because Volpe is just gonna steal. Every time he gets on base, Corbin Carroll is going to steal every time he gets on. You have to treat all the, you almost have to treat all these guys as Billy Hamilton. Yeah, you do. Legitimately, you do. It's insane to watch it play out. And and it's going to have a large effect on the way that, that stacks work out. And when I say that, I don't want people to be like, oh, well, I have to look for stolen bases. No, it's already going to be in the projections, but you are going to see a lot less of like, home run hunting and you're going to see a lot of stolen base hunting now but it's not really like what i played the, i had a i had a pirates lineup when they did well the other day and it's like 2700 dollar bay at second base just like was getting into like half my lineups and i'm like why is like the seventh hitter or eighth hitter of the pirates like obviously under pride because he's 2700 probably should be 3500 but it's not because of home runs it's because of stolen bases because yeah. Because his likelihood of, of of success, if he does get on base, raises his projection an extra point, a point and a half. And then he's only 2,700 and he's at second base in a weak position. So it's like, okay, it looks like, looks like O'Neal Cruz and, and, and Bay and, and all these guys, like, it's like, okay, the Pirates look pretty good from a median yeah. standpoint, right? You'll, you'll, you will see, you will see a lot of that. Like it, it's very similar to Bill. Like I always bring up Billy Hamilton. Like, you know, when he played for the Reds or whatever, he'd bat ninth. And it's like, 
Like Billy Hamilton has a 40 point ceiling batting ninth. It's like, how is that possible? It's like, well, he only gets on base. He has a, his batting average is under 200. Yeah. But when he gets on base, he has legitimate attempt. He has a legitimate two stolen base on one attempt upside. Right. He'll steal second and then steal third. He can right, project you get... for eight fantasy points and one hit. Right. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> and the hit isn't a home run because he, he he's not he's not a, he's not a power hitter. He hits right. two home runs every five years or something. Yeah, I remember one one game he hit two home runs in one game, and he ended up with like fifty five fantasy <laughs> points because he got on base again and stole two bases. It's so dumb. We're going to see some guys like that this year. It would not surprise me if somebody like Jose Ramirez had 65 fantasy points in one game this year. Right. As long as if if he goes five for five. Yep. Two home runs. It's quite possible. He's he's gotten three singles and three stolen bases. Yeah. And six RBIs and scored four times. Yep. Somebody like Jose Ramirez or Ronald Acuna. we, We might see it from... Mullins, who Cedric Mullins, yeah, Cedric, Cedric Mullins has had an incredible start to his year. Like, it's that, but, but it's gonna guys. be less from guys like Otani and Judge because <laughs> those guys are, I mean, Judge could steal, but I mean, he typically doesn't, yeah. Mike Trout, if he gets his speed back, maybe, but I, I don't know if we're ever gonna see that speed back again, right. <laughs> It'll be interesting. It, it, it's it's going to be a, a very um, interesting year from, from that standpoint. So, James, people can find you on Twitter, paydirt underscore DFS. You'll be, you'll be updating your, the steals in your models there, right? Yeah, yeah, over at paydirtdfs.com. I'll, I'll, I'm going to update stuff pretty quickly. Usually I wait until about two weeks in, but I you just can't wait that long when we have this big changes. So I'm, uh, I'm going to end up putting together a lot of changes and um yeah if you haven't tried out all the new models over there you absolutely should that they're very clean and smart and fun and all that kind of stuff so yep you can find it all there and obviously you could get uh the bat projections or the rg projections here get a premium subscription get get access to the bat chat access to my game theory channel you can ask me whatever you want at any time i'm doing a uh group coaching call on zoom on wednesday afternoon so be a part of that. Click on the link in the description. Get $10 off your first month, right? So we still got NBA going, MLB, MMA, soccer, whatever, golf. Let's get a combo premium subscription. You get you get everything. You get lineup HQ. You get all the numbers, right? You get everything. Uh, ownership, projections, content, Jesus, Jesus musings. You get everything. So go sign up. Join me there. Join me in the Discord. Uh we got uh, Grinders Live later today. It's like a combo NBA, MLB Grinders Live, and then uh, then Crunch Time with Kevin Roth. With all the, I don't know if there's any weather going on tonight, but there's actually no NBA today. There's no NBA. Oh, there's actually no NBA today. Okay, so it's just MLB stuff. It's okay. Christmas. How is there no NBA? How they just there's no NBA scheduled? Yeah, it looks like actually for the actual sport, there is no games today. Wow. Incredible! Wow. Today is incredible. Ever. Yeah, very weird. This so is James, you have twice as less work to do today. Oh my god, I'm so happy. Uh, <laughs> this this day can never come soon enough, man. <laughs> as soon as it hits January, it just today, means there'll be uh, the tomorrow slate. There'll be even extra. It's it's yeah. There's gonna be 40 games tomorrow and 700 <laughs> players not playing. And right, they're gonna do double headers in NBA tomorrow. I'll I will be I'll be sitting back with a pink colada today then, just relaxing until tomorrow. Oh no, NBA because Al I see Alex something in the chat because it's the NCAA national the title tour. Uh, the oh, title. so it's 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 the worst basketball games are on today. Right, but we we have college uh, we have college basketball stuff. So you, if you want, I'm assuming there's an NCAA uh, showdown contest or something. Something's going on. I don't. I don't play it, but if we do have it here, if you want to sign up the Roto Grinders, you will get it. Uh, okay. So uh, that's uh, that's that's baseball. We'll be talking more about baseball probably for the next five months, six, yep. four months, something like that. Love Me it. telling you every day that however you're building your lineups, you're doing it. You're, you're taking too too long, and you're not making it simple enough. Uh, but uh, but I will be here answering your DFS strategy questions like I always do. 
on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.